Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Ephesians, chapter 4. We are journeying our way through the book of Ephesians, and we're coming to the remainder of the chapter of chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians. It's amazing. When you think about life, you find that life is truly up and down situations. Many times we find ourselves on mountaintops and then sometimes we find ourselves in the valleys. And simply because of our relationships with each other causes that. Paul deals with something very, very emphatic, very important. As he talks about this thing called bitterness. I was uh, reminded of that very fact several years ago when I read an article from Life magazine. And they had taken a survey. And they had asked four questions of individuals that have felt like that they have been done wrong. I like to read those questions to you. It said, first of all, would you forgive someone who'd murdered someone in your community? Think about that for a moment. Would you forgive someone that who had murdered someone in your community? 33% of the people that they surveyed said, yes, we would. And 59% said, no, we would not forgive them. They went on a little bit further. It says, would you forgive someone who raped a member of your family? Now, it's getting closer home. 19% said yes. 77% of those that were surveyed said, no, we would not forgive. Question number three. Would you forgive someone who raped you? Well, that is getting personal. 22% said yes, and 73% said no. Then they asked the fourth question. And the fourth question was, would you forgive someone who murdered your child? That's something to think about. Someone would murder your child. Would you be able to forgive that person? 15% yes, 81% of the people that they surveyed said absolutely not. We could not and would not forgive that person that who had murdered our child. Overwhelmingly, the majority of the people that they had surveyed who took the questionnaire, said they had rather choose a life of bitterness than a life of forgiveness. Now, my friend, if we're not careful, we'll get caught in a trap. And that trap is to bring us into a point and to a place of where somebody has done us wrong. And we feel like that it was unjustifiable. 
And therefore, we began to harbor a hurt in our heart. There's some people here today that I'm talking to that may be harboring a hurt that you feel like God has given you a raw deal. Something happened in your life that you have blamed God. And for years, you have harbored a hurt against the Lord. Some people are bitter toward others. I dare to say that I might be speaking to some people here today that who is harboring a hurt of a spouse. Maybe a spouse has walked out on you. Maybe a spouse has abused you. Mentally or physically. But because of that very thing, you have been harboring a hurt for years. There's some that might be saying that, well, it's certainly not God, certainly not my spouse, but it could be my boss. My boss fired me for no reason. My boss laid me off. My boss has been on my case. My boss has treated me unfairly. And for years you have harbored a hurt that has created into what is known as bitterness. Oh, it might be a parent. A parent may have abandoned you when you were a child. A parent may have abused you when you were a child. A parent may have done you wrong when you were a child. And all these years, all these years, you've harbored a hurt. It may be my church. I know some people today that are bitter toward the church. And won't go to church anymore. Used to be involved in the church. But something happened in that church that, that had hurt them. And because of that hurt, they have harbored a hurt. And it had created a bitterness that it has pushed them away from the church. My definition of bitterness is this. Bitterness is a harbored hurt hidden in the heart. A harbored hurt hidden in the heart. Now, something about a root of bitterness, no one else can see it. We might can see the fruit of it, but there are certainly a sin that no one can really detect unless you allow them to see it. I'm reminded of a, a, a lady, 94-year-old lady. Her name was Hazel Von Jerky. She gave explicit instructions about her funeral, and she gave it to her pastor. And she told her pastor, she said, I do not want any male pallbearer. They would not take me out when I was alive, and they're not going to take me out when I'm dead. I believe she is harboring a herd, don't you? 
With that thought in mind, let's look at the scriptures. Would you stand with me in reading God's word? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Listen to this. Let all bitterness. Notice he didn't say let just some, but he says all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Father, help us to have a forgiving heart. Because, Lord, we realize that as a, as a born-again child of God, our hearts has been forgiven for our sins. And may we, in return, express the grace and the love that God has demonstrated in our life. So, Lord... May you use the scriptures of the Apostle Paul to speak to our hearts today. And may the power of the Holy Spirit be demonstrated in every aspect of our life for the glory and for the honor of Jesus Christ. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. There's two things I want to bring to your attention this morning as we think about this terrible, terrible thing called bitterness. The number one thing that I think about bitterness that I would like to share with you today is that it is a deadly poison. The deadly poison of bitterness. I'm reminded of what the scripture teaches in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 15, where it says, Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Springing up like a tree. And then it says that it causes trouble and it becomes defiled. And then I'm, of course, reminded of what the writer of the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 8, verse 23, for he says, For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Poisoned by bitterness. Above all human emotions, I don't know of emotion that I am fearful of any more than this thing called bitterness. It can happen in a split second. And it can happen to the very best. Something happens that you unexpectedly would ever imagine. And then you're hurt. And that hurt festers until this poison of bitterness, as Acts chapter 8, verse 23, describes it. And that poison begins to be filtrated into our hearts. 
See, you and I must understand, a bitter root always brings bitter fruit. Always brings bitter fruit. That famous philosopher, Ann Landers, she said many years ago, bitterness is like an acid. It can damage the vessel in which it is stored as well as to destroy the object on which it is poured. That's very good. Not only the object that of the vessel, but of the object that it is poured upon. You know what bitterness does? First of all, it saturates the mind. It, it, it is like a sponge. It absorbs you. It is like a magnet that literally draws your mind toward that person or toward that individual constantly over and over and over and over again. It's almost as if you become a slave. My friend, it saturates the mind. Dr. Millen, McMillan made a statement that I want to share with you today. He's the author of none of these diseases. He says, the moment that I start hating a man, I become a slave. I can't enjoy my work anymore because he controls my thoughts. My resentment produces too many stress hormones in my body and I become fatigued after only a few hours and the man that I hate burdens me wherever I go. That's a true statement. And I believe that if you have ever been in that situation and we all have been exposed to situations that can create the element of bitterness... That could could agree with that. I was reading a story about the soldiers of Caesar during the Roman War. And uh, they were being mistreated as they were out in the war. The food was limited. It was very cold. They had very limited supplies as far as coats and blankets. And they could not complain to Caesar because if they did, they would be killed. But they believed that they were gods. And that their gods were not good to them. And so on one particular day, they took their bows and arrows and they shot their arrows up into the sky thinking that they might be able to hit one of those gods because those gods have been so bad to them. But little did they realize those arrows were coming back down. And in many of them, it pierced their bodies and killed them. I thought, you know what? That's exactly what bitterness does. We lunge our arrows out into the sky and yet unrealizing that It's literally destroying us. So we began to realize 
that it saturates your mind. But not only does it saturate your mind, but it saddens your spirit. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever met a happy, bitter person? They look like they've had, they have swallowed a dill pickle. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they, they look like they're on their last leg. I, I hate to be around bitter people. Their faces expresses, their, their motions of the emotions of their bodies express it. It just seems like it's just amazing. I remember I experienced a situation several, several years ago. There was a man that used to attend this church. And uh, he left this church because he got angry at some people. And he got angry at me. And I wasn't sure that I had ever done anything to this particular guy. But I happened to go to the grocery store one Friday afternoon, and there he was, outstanding outside. I tried to stick my hand out to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. His face was drawn. He was stooped over. A man that used to be a man of laughter, a man that used to be a man of joy. You could just see how bitterness had literally warped him physically and emotionally. And for about 20 minutes, he allowed that venom of bitterness to be poured out on me. There were times that I probably could have defended myself, but I knew that it would have been no no reason for. And then finally, he just turns around and he walks the opposite direction to his car. And I, I could not help to notice as he was walking away, He looked like a feeble old man. It saddened his spirit. Life is too short. But you know, there are some people, they get a kick of feeling bitter toward other people. It's an emotional high, they think. But it not only saddens your spirit and saturates your mind... But my friend, it sickens the body. God did not design your body and my body to carry grudges. I want you to understand, the heaviest load that you will ever carry is a grudge that you have against another person. The heaviest load. That Dr. McMillan in that same book, He says there are over 50 diseases ranging from ulcers to high blood pressure that can be caused by bitterness. I believe that. Not long ago, I was talking to a medical doctor. And as I was talking to this medical doctor, he had shared with me that he had had back problems most of his life. And as he was talking... I noticed he looked like he was feeling fine. I said, well, I noticed that uh, you, um, you look like you're feeling okay. He said, oh, my back is fine. He said, let me tell you a little story. Then all of a sudden, he began to tell me 
that when he was a little boy, his dad ran off and left his mom and left his brothers and sisters. And he says, all my life, I have been bitter toward my dad. And he says, as an adult, he said, I began to have terrible, terrible back pains. He says, one particular day, I was at home watching TV and Dr. Charles Stanley was preaching. And he was talking about bitterness. And he was talking about of how bitterness does more harm to the individual that harbors it than the one that they are bitter toward. And he said, about that time, the Holy Spirit of God began to get a hold of him and called his name and he said, I want you to know that your bitterness is wrong and you've got to forgive your dad. And he said he began to argue with God. Began to give all excuses of why he had every right to be bitter. Until finally the Holy Spirit continued to come before him with conviction. He said he got down on his knees. And he says, God, I can't forgive him, but you can. And through you, I forgive him. And he said, it was amazing. He said, I didn't realize it, but he said, it was a matter of weeks. He said, I never had any more back problems. He says, it was literally amazing. And he says, I literally believe that one of my problems with my back was because of an emotional addiction toward bitterness. And he says, the joy of Christ came back into my heart and came back in my life. So my friend, harboring a hurt does far more harm to you than it does to the individual that you are bitter toward. But very quickly, I want you to see something else as we close. Not only does the deadly poison of bitterness that... Paul describes. But he talks about the dynamic power of forgiveness. Think about this for a moment. He says there in verse 32, and be kind to one another. Why do we have to have a command to be kind to somebody? But we do. It's amazing to me how how we are loose cannons, we have a hair trigger temper, and somebody comes along and touches us, and we lose our head. But he says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you uproot bitterness? I have bitterness in my heart, and how do I uproot it? Well, as I said earlier, there's some people just like to be bitter. And therefore, my friend, they're they're not going to change. They just like to be bitter. It's It's an emotional high, I guess, that they have. 
And there's no hope for them. Have you ever stopped to think about our bodies have never been created to be able to harbor this thing called bitterness? Think about it for a moment. Our body cleanses itself from harmful toxins every day through the process of waste elimination. That's the reason we go to the bathroom. Is a process of, of eliminating harmful toxins. And if you did not, my friend, experience this every day of your life, you would die. God created us that our body is not to... Not to continue to harbor those things. But through that process of waste, we eliminate it. Friend, I want you to understand, likewise, I believe the mind and the soul and the spirit needs to have a process of elimination of toxins. Why should it be any different? And therefore, there should be a process. Well, what is that process? Let me give you a threefold process, and we're going to close. First of all, I want you to know that you need to forget the problem. Forget the problem. You say, well, I can't. Listen to what chapter 4, verse 31 says. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil, speaking be put away from you with all malice. The word put away literally means to dispose of. To dispose, it means to discard, to get rid of it. Either you control bitterness or bitterness will control you. Benjamin Franklin said something that I thought was so wise. Doing an injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging one makes you even with him but forgetting it makes you above him. Very wise. I think of the uh, young man in the Old Testament, Joseph. If there was anybody that had the right to be bitter other than the Lord Jesus Christ, who were all, all took upon themselves the harm and the danger of mankind, Joseph was one of those. You think about it for a moment. He was left to die in a pit. He was sold as a slave, thrown into prison for 13 years. And there he was, a man that had been constantly, constantly abused by his brothers and circumstances of life. And yet nowhere do you find in the book of Genesis, that he talks about bitterness. In fact, it's amazing. He marries an Egyptian. They have two sons. One's name is Manassas. And Manassas literally means remembering no more. Has another son, Ephraim, which means success. His sons were examples of Joseph remembering no more. And then, of course, 
success. So forget the problem. Forgive the person. The Bible talks about it in verse 32. I don't care how badly you have been mistreated, my friend. I promise you, you have never been as mistreated as you mistreated the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we come to understand and experience the forgiveness of Christ, it's amazing what God reminds us of His grace is. Charles Spurgeon said, let us go to Calvary to learn how we may be forgiven. Let us stick around for a while to learn how we may forgive. Go to Calvary to experience forgiveness. Go to Calvary to learn how to forgive. Now, the Bible talks about bitterness as a root as a root. And so it is like that as you pull that bitterness out, if you're not careful, you'll leave that root in the soul of your heart. You're here today and so I want to get rid of my bitterness. And so you're just going to take that bitterness and you're going to pull it out. And if you're not careful, you have left the root still there. I'm reminded of a story. I was reading about this traveler. And this traveler who was making his way with a guide through Burma, the jungles of Burma. And they came to a large river. It wasn't very deep, but it was very wide. And as they were journeying their way through that river, wading across into those waters. As they got to the other side, they happened to notice there were leeches that was on their body, all over their stomach and their back and their, their legs. And the traveler was about to reach down and began to pull those leeches out. And about that time, the guide stopped him. He says, oh, no, don't do that. He says, for if you do, they will leave a stinger inside your body and it will be like poison and there you will experience great infection upon your body and it could cause great damage. And so the guy, I mean the traveler says, well, how do I get rid of the leech? He said, what you do, get into some warm water. And bathe. And as you bathe in that warm water, all of a sudden those leeches will begin to let go. And next thing you know, you'll be released from all those leeches. When I heard that story, I thought, my goodness, that's exactly the way you get rid of bitterness. You come to the warm waters of grace. And you just bathe your heart in grace and forgiveness of the Lord. And those warm waters begins to release those terrible leeches of bitterness from your soul. Forget the problem. Forgive the person. But then, of course... Forsake the practice. 
heard about two little brothers were fighting one time. And the mother pulled them up apart and says, uh, now, now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So what happened? He says, well, he hit me first and I'm hitting him back. He says, now, wait a minute. Have you stopped to think, Johnny, you're, you might die tonight. And there you would have that on your heart that you hit your brother. Now, wouldn't you, you wouldn't want to die like that, would you? He said, no, no, I wouldn't do that. He said, well, I'll let him go. But if I wake up in the morning, he better look out. (laughs) My friend, that's the way a lot of people are. We need to forsake the problem. If somebody has done you wrong, why not you take the initiative? Why not you take the initiative of being the bigger person? Take the initiative and say, yes, I will forgive him. And pull down your defenses and rebuild bridges and restore broken relationships. The great poet, Elkin Markham, he was once known as the Dean of American Poetry. He had worked all of his life and he'd come time to a point of Retirement. And as he was getting ready to retire, he discovered that his personal banker had taken all the money that he had put aside for retirement. Markham was dead broke. And they tell us that Markham became very bitter to the point of where he could not write any poetry. He became so bitter that he could no longer fulfill his heart's desire of putting on paper through the pen that he was writing with. Until finally, it got to a point that the Holy Spirit of God began to work in his heart and began to work in his life. And began to bring to him of the damage that he had done to his own self. He got down on his knees one day and he says, God, I can't, but you can. I ask you to forgive him through me. And through the power of the work of the Holy Spirit, it began to bring back the joy of Christ into his life. Little would he have ever realized he began to write some of the best poetry that he had ever written. In fact, to the point that he made more money after that than he did ever beforehand. But he dealt with the problem. Forget the problem. Forgive the person. Forsake the practice. And my friend, if you'll do that, it will save you a lot of sleepless nights of experiencing the joys of Christ. Don't allow someone to pull you back and to harbor bitterness.
Bow with me in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the way that you have demonstrated your love to us through your grace. Lord, I possibly am talking to some people here today. Whether they'll admit it, but they know within their heart they have harbored bitterness toward another person. It has hindered and hampered them in their spiritual growth and it's hindered and hampered them in their physical well-being. Lord Jesus, may the Spirit of God work among us today. Demonstrate His power in working in and through our lives. Lord, there's some here today that needs to come and get around an old-fashioned altar. And do not leave until they get this thing settled. Lord, there's some here today that are lost and never been saved and they need Christ. And Lord, may you send them this way to the cross. So Lord, have your will and way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.